Welcome to this week's episode of Lash Biz Babes, the podcast for solo beauty business owners who want to build a full clientele and create a business and life that they truly love. My name is Erica. I'm your host. I'm a lash artist turned beauty business coach and lash educator. And today I have another guest episode for you. Uh, we've got Liz Bussy from Glow Lashes in Canada, and her and I talked all about becoming a lash educator or trainer. I feel like there are a lot of people who are interested in this right now, especially in the last year or so. I've seen it talked about a lot more, and I wanted to talk about it on the podcast in case it's something that you're ever interested in, if it's on your goals list, or it's something that you want to be doing in the next year or two. You're going to want to listen to this one because she sh- she shares so much insight for us and has so much experience with this. So let me give you a little bit of background on her. So Liz is from beautiful British Columbia, Canada, where she runs a professional home lash studio and academy. She is a mama to two sweet children and loves being out in nature to help stay grounded. Liz started her lash career in 2012 and held her first class in 2016, and she's since made it her mission to provide excellent training to other aspiring lash artists. Health and safety is a top priority in her practice, as well as teaching her students the importance of maintaining the health of the natural lash. Liz has been awarded Lash Integrity in 2019 and Lash Artist of the Year three years in a row from 2018 to 2020 by NALA, the National Association of Lash Artists. She has competed in numerous live lash competitions since 2015, being awarded first place in the classic category at Lash Wars Las Vegas in 2016 and silver and gold at the RCLC Live Lash Competition in 2018. Last year, Liz had the privilege of being a judge for the Skin Games Lash Competition, and this year, Liz is launching her new program, POLA, Principles of Lash Artistry for Lash Artists, and we're going to be talking about this in the episode as well. So this is for lash artists who want to become educators. She's partnered with NALA, the National Association of Lash Artists, to offer a certified educator training program that will be included with her Done For You education program to be held in Vernon, BC. It is the ultimate solution for talented lash artists who want to take the next step in their lash career with proven content and delivery. And you guys, she is so passionate about this. You can literally feel it through the microphone. She's got such great energy. She was so much fun to talk to. We had a blast. I think I have not laughed during an episode this much in a long time. So I'm just really excited for you to listen in. And yeah, without further ado, let's just jump on into it. Well, welcome to Lash Biz Babes. First, I would just love for you to introduce yourself, who you are, and what you do in the industry. Hi, so I am Liz Bussey. I live in the Okanagan Valley in Canada, British Columbia, Canada, and I am a lash artist. I've been a lash artist since 2012. I was thinking about this the other day, and I almost said 2011, but I'm pretty sure it's 2012. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Um, And I've been an educator since 2016. I held my first class in January of 2016. Um, I have competed a bunch and I love attending events. Yeah. I just love everything lashes. (laughs) I mean, you've won some awards and things too, right? Like which ones Mm -hmm. have you won? I'm like, I can't remember all of them because you had a few, I think. Yeah. I, I like it's cringy talking about it, but no, you're right. It is important. I want to I, I hear it though. Like what, yeah. what ones which ones? Yeah. Are so I like lash competitions or industry awards. Either or. Okay. Um, so I've won a couple lash competitions. I won lash wars, the classic category in 2016. It was not my first year competing though. That's awesome. Um, the first year I was like, I'm just going to do this. 
I went to Vegas in 2014 and had taken my first volume training um, Uh from a a Russian artist. Uh, And I learned about Lash Wars because she was one of the judges. And I said to the girl I traveled with, I am coming back here next year and I'm going to try it. And she was like, yeah, that would make me vomit. And I'm like, yeah, me too, probably. But I think I'll learn a bunch. (laughs) I love it. Such a good attitude to have. (laughs) Right? Oh, I learned so much that first trip, like meeting all the artists in 2015, people weren't sharing information. No. Like nothing was open. And it was the first time I sat in this giant, I mean, it was at IBS. So people are like, there's hordes of people and they're watching you compete and you're like shaking like a leaf. But then afterward, you get to bond with all these other artists who are like also petrified. Um, And then we all kind of did these like meetups. I met so many of my still current, really good lash friends at, on that trip. Um, So I came back the next year. I was actually six months pregnant with my son and I competed in the classic one instead that time. Because I, I had already started teaching and I'd got a lot of really good feedback the year before, but I was like, you know what? I only had a classic course. So I thought I'm going to give the classics a try. Cause I competed in volume the first year and I got really great feedback. So I'm like, I want yeah. feedback on my classics this time. Um, and I ended up placing first and I met some amazing. more amazing lash friends who are still lash friends. Um, and then I was going to do it in 2017, but then lash wars ended. Um, they didn't keep going that year. And then, uh, there was a competition in Canada called Royal Canadian Lash Championships and or Royal Canadian Lash. Yeah. Championships. Um, and I placed gold and silver in that in classic and volume. And then, um, that's how I was introduced to Nala. Um, because Levi was one of the sponsors there. And I had met her because I'd taken her educator course. Right. Like the year before or six months before or whatever. Um, but I really got to know more about them. And then um someone submit my name for an industry award for Lash Artist of the Year because of that competition. And I won. And That's then I so won again. Cool. And then again. That's so, <laughs> so cool. Yeah, I won Lash Artist of the Year three years in a row, and I won Lash Artist Integrity, which I think means more because they're all industry awards, right? Someone has to nominate you, Mm -hmm. and it's usually someone in the industry because no one else would know about these, right? Right. And so those, to me, are like the really special ones because it's like someone thought enough of your work and of your business and kind of who you are in the lash industry to put your name up. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just going to say, I mean, we just met this year, but I'm absolutely not surprised by any of that. Like just because of who you are and like how you show up on social media and how you show up for your students. Like, I just think you're incredible. So I'm not surprised and definitely deserved. Um, so that's amazing. I, you know, that, yeah, that's just really cool. And getting to make those connections throughout it too, even without winning the awards, I feel like just having those connections can make such a difference in your business and in your lashing and just like the friendships that you have in the industry which is honestly life-changing in my experience so it's everything it's it's why I kept going right like it's to me award winning is like the last 
thing on the list, right? It's you're with everybody who is like passionate about the same things as you and Mm -hmm. other lash artists are the only ones who understand kind of what we go through on a day-to-day basis, right? Like we're always with people. We're never alone, but it's like kind of a lonely Mm -hmm. art. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Especially when you're solo or you're working from home or you're in your own little room in the corner of the building, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. I love it. So how did you get started as a lash artist? Yeah. Um, it was unintentional. It was completely unintentional. I, um, was in the service industry for a really long time. I was server, bartender, manager, everything in restaurants. And then I got, I just had enough and <laughs> it was time for a change. And I started getting laser hair removal because I'm a hairy beast or I used to be a hairy beast. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Too much information. Anyway. um, Oh, I love it. I'm never (laughs) TM. Other people might think it's TM. We we share it all on this podcast. (laughs) Right. Um, So I started getting laser hair removal before my wedding and it was life changing. And I was like, I want to do that. So I went down to Colorado and I took a laser course because again, there wasn't, this was 2009. There wasn't very much around. And I came up and I convinced, uh, an owner here. There was only two laser clinics in my town. And I went into one of them and I convinced her that she had to hire me. And she was like, Oh, okay. I, I'm not hiring. I'm like, it's okay. You will. And I went back like every month and I brought her a coffee at lunchtime. And I was like, are you ready to hire me yet? <laughs> no, I pretty much forced medication. myself on her because I really did want out of restaurants and bars and I was looking for a change. Um, so I started there. She did hire me and I loved doing laser hair removal. Like I loved it. I don't know what it was, just a very, it's kind of similar to lashes, right? You're doing a very kind of monotonous thing. It's very repetitive. You have to be very specific with your lines and like the way that you're tracing everything out. I don't know. It's, it is similar. Um, Detail oriented. Very detail oriented. If you're good at it. Um, And then my boss came in one day and she said, Hey, we're going to learn something new. We're going to do eyelash extensions. And I have really nice natural lashes. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, I'm good. No, thank you. And she said, no, no. Um, You don't understand. Like I'm going to pay for the training and there's someone that's going to come in and I think you should do this. And I said, oh yeah, no, kindly. No, thank you. (laughs) And I went home. And I told my husband and he was like, what are you doing? You like to learn new things. You do like to learn new things. So why would you not just, just go out of your comfort zone and learn this? And I was like, ah, <laughs> you're right. Okay, fine. <laughs> so I went in the next day and I kind of, with a not attitude, but I was like, listen, I will take this class. But if I'm not good at this, if I suck, then I'm not going to continue to do it. And if she's like, if you suck, you're not allowed to do it. <laughs> Well, yeah, that that's a good point. <laughs> it was like, sweet. I like this. Perfect. Um, so the class came up right away. She had booked it like right away. And again, this was 2012. So there was, we had to convince people what we had to tell them what lash extensions were, explain it, and then convince them why they needed it. Right. It wasn't like yep. everyone knows what it is and they're just coming to see you because, uh, and on that first day, I was holding the tweezers and we learned with pot lashes. 
Right. Because there were no strip lashes yet available. They were just about to come out. Um, but we learned with pot lashes and I was lining up those little lashes on the silicone pad. And it was, I have a little, I have a touch of OCD. So every single lash was perfectly spaced and like perfectly sitting straight up. And I was like, Oh, I like this. It just kind of scratches an itch, right? Like it, it just did something for me. And she could, the trainer came it. in and she said, Oh, I, I'm sorry. I didn't realize you were already doing lashes. Like how long have you been doing lashes? I was like, I don't know. How long has it been an hour? <laughs> no. And so she's like, okay, I want to see what you're going to do on a person. And it wasn't an excellent training. I will say it not to bash anybody because she was just doing what she knew. Um, right. But, uh, yeah, we were using 0.25 J curls and we were told never to get the lashes wet. No cleaning, right? Like just put goggles on in the shower, goggles on in the hot tub. Obviously red flags started going off pretty quickly for me. Like, no, this is a mucous membrane. I'm pretty sure we're supposed to keep all of those clean. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it was instantly I went from I only want to do laser to book me all the lash appointments I just want to do lashes and I was determined to be good because I loved the process of it like I liked the challenge of it and Mm -hmm. like getting the direction perfectly straight and like making we had very few options for lashes, but like, okay, well, if I move the lashes in like the longer ones in this way on this eye, it looks different. We were, you know, it was all just trial and error at that point. Still but, learning. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we didn't learn anything about styling. It was just like, here's the lashes. You just put them on, but yep. I, I was determined. And then, uh, that didn't last long before I started taking more. <laughs> I'm not more glasses. <laughs> I was like, I need more. Um, and then, yeah, shortly after that, within the year, uh, my husband had an opportunity to move to Vancouver, which is like the big city in BC. And I was like, yes, because then a, I won't step on any toes. I'm not going to offend anybody starting my own business in the same town. And I could start my own business. I knew I always wanted to have my own business. I thought it would be laser tattoo removal because that's kind of what I was like veering toward or like I had an interest in, Um, but you know, that's quite a hefty startup. So lashes was it. I love that. Oh my gosh. What a cool story. Yeah. (laughs) You seem like a very determined go-getter. It seems like your personality. (laughs) Yes. And when I hyper-focus on things, I tend to hyper-focus on things that I really love or I'm interested in. And lashes just caught that attention and meant to be never finished. It's never ended. (laughs) I love it. That's awesome. So with that, you know, you do a lot of education now and teach courses and teach educators how to become an educator, like, you know, all that. So how did you decide to become an educator and how did you know you were quote unquote ready? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if you're ever like ready, ready, but I was ready for the challenge of it. Yeah. Right. (laughs) I was definitely ready for the challenge of it. Um, and that started, um, after I competed the first time, 
So I came home, I got so much feedback from the judges. Um, and I had the opportunity at the very end of the weekend. So like the final ceremony happened, Lash Wars was over. And then I had the opportunity to, um, go to a dinner with, there was about 15 of us and there were some of the judges there, some like just people I really looked up to because at the time, like, again, there was, it was hard to like access people. Mm-hmm. Um, and social media wasn't huge for it yet. Um, like the forums didn't really exist. There was wake up in your makeup, but that was kind of analog, right? <laughs> very analog. <laughs> um, so it wasn't really like a Facebook forum like it is now. Right. And I had the opportunity to sit down with about 15 lash artists who I highly respected. And after getting all the feedback from the judges and just knowing how interested I was and how much information I could take in, I think I learned more over that weekend than I had in the years prior of being a lash, a full-time working lash artist. And I just thought, you know what? I want to help share more. And because I did have good feedback and some of it was like, oh, you know, you're, you're doing really good. We need more lash artists like you. And I was like, oh, well, maybe if I help teach them, then maybe we can get more good lash artists. I don't know. That was kind of like the, the root of it. So I came home and I started putting together a manual, but I could only put it together from what I had learned so far. So while it was probably fairly comprehensive at the time, um, I look back because I kept one of my first <laughs> manuals. Yeah, no, it wasn't that comprehensive. I mean, it was at the time. Yeah, I'm going to say, I feel like some things have evolved so much in the industry yes. that like the trainings were good for what we knew about lashes at the time. But yeah, it wasn't yeah. it wasn't as much as we know now, no. <laughs> which I also think that in the future, what we know now, we might also look back at that and be like, bro, it's a joke. Yeah. yeah. And I've even told my students that like, hey, what I teach you in this class might one day be outdated. So keep that in mind. Keep an open mind. Keep experimenting. Like, don't, you know, try things out for yourself. Do your own research because. Yeah. This is a very new industry still, and we're still evolving. So yeah, that's, that's, I think something that's good to point out. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It is ever evolving. Like it is never going to stop. It's still such a new industry. We're 23 years in. What did they, were they invented yep. in? I think they were invented in 99. Yep. Early in 2000s. Yes. Yeah. So like there, it's a very new industry. We know so little still. I mean, you still look on the forums. People are still asking or still posting, you can't get your lashes wet for 24 to 48 hours. Like there's still, you know, outdated misinformation happening all the time. So I feel like as soon as you, as soon as you feel like, you know, it all, you will never learn again. And (laughs) that is toxic, right? It's so dangerous because it is always evolving. We can always learn more. Yes, a hundred percent. And at least in my experience, when I was putting together my manual for my courses, my curriculum, I was like questioning everything I thought I knew too. It was like, wait, why do I like, where did I learn this from? And is this actually how it is? And, you know, continuing to do research on it and just learn more of that. So I think even when you do become an educator, you're 
your journey keeps going even further and like, and I think deeper to your knowledge. Way deeper. I mean, if you're really into it and you're really trying to put the best information in your courses and things, I think you just really learn it on such a deeper level for sure. Yeah. And you have to understand that if you are taking on the responsibility of teaching other people, those people are then going to spread the information that you gave them. Mm-hmm. So you are responsible for that like spider web effect, right? Yes. For that butterfly effect. And so if you're not taking it seriously, you could just kind of throw something together and then that information is going to keep getting spread around so or misinformation. Right. Well, and not only that, but they might leave after your training and kind of go out into the lash world on their own and join groups or talk to people network, take other courses and be like, wait, what I learned in this first training maybe wasn't that great, or maybe it wasn't very accurate or, you know, they might look back on it, you know, because once they start learning more themselves and being immersed in the industry more and talking to other people, if what you're teaching in your course is not really up to par they're going to know at some point and they're going to look back and like really rate that experience of, Hey, was this, you know, how was this experience really? How was this course really? Exactly. So, I mean, I think that's us, our responsibility as the educator to really do our due diligence to make sure that what we're teaching is really like as high level as you can get. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I agree. Too legit. Too legit to quit. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one that just thought that in my head too. (laughs) I love it. So I I think this kind of plays into my next question for you. What we've been talking about um, with, is there more to educating than people realize? And if yes, why? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Short answer. Yes. Long answer. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I think to become an educator, you need to understand how to like deliver or transfer all of your knowledge and your skills to any kind of learner. And I think that's a huge gap that's missing for people is they're a really good lash artist. Awesome. Amazing. We want more people like you. So Mm -hmm. you are someone who should be educating, but are you educating yourself now on how to be an effective educator? I, when I first started teaching, there was nothing available like that, right? I could have taken, I could have gone to college and gone to teaching school or like teacher's college. My dad was a teacher. My dad was a teacher his whole career. He taught grade four, his whole career. And so I was raised by a teacher. So I kind of think I already had a little bit of that, like inherently, or just learned maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, And I always enjoyed being in like a kind of, not a mentor role, but like even working in restaurants, right? You're teaching someone a new skill or I'm teaching someone to bartend. I really enjoyed the process of teaching someone a new skill. And I kind of always had that in the back of my mind, but I truly dislike school. (laughs) It's a little bit of (laughs) That's okay. That's all right. Yeah. I'm sure there's others out there like that. Right. I mean, if we're being honest, I actually didn't graduate high school. I, at the time was making poor choices and I felt like I had better things to do than sit here and learn things I was never going to use. Now in doing that, I missed the, I think the most important lesson is to 
finish what you start and what you're expected to do. I think that's like the main takeaway from high school because a lot of the stuff we don't actually learn, right? We don't, or not learn. We don't actually implement in our daily lives as adults. Right. But I had to learn that lesson the hard way much later in life. And that made things a little more difficult for me <laughs> in life. <laughs> uh, you learned from it and totally, you know, you and then I had to, because of that. <laughs> yeah. and then I had to do all kinds of upgrading so that I could go to college because I did want to go to college when I finally matured. So I did go to college, like when I was 25, almost 26. Um, and I did really well because I was at a place in time where I wanted to do it. I was ready to do it. It wasn't easy because that at that point, like I had a mortgage, I worked full time. So now you're taking on this like full-time college yeah. thing on top of it. But um, yeah, so getting back to, you have to take on the responsibility of learning how to effectively teach other people and like transfer your skills and knowledge to them in the way that they learn and understanding right. that everyone learns in a different way. So when you're structuring a course, you really need to have elements of each learning style in the course so that you can be as effective as possible. Yes, 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 yes. I I think I first had my eyes open to that concept when I took the instructor's test in Utah. Um, so in Utah, you have to have an instructor's license to be able to I teach courses. And so what that test, and even I was just talking to my sister about this because she's wanting to go take her her instructor's course soon, or sorry, her instructor's test soon. And I was like, because she was like, nervous to go take it she's like is it gonna be like about hair color and stuff because I don't remember that I learned that years ago and I'm like no like it's this instructor's test is all about like teaching styles and actually being a teacher and the education side of things and like how do you sit the students like how should you have them sit like in a circle or in I don't even remember all of them myself but like how you know what seating arrangement to have for the best way for them to learn a certain concept and like and so that's really what opened my eyes to, oh, like, okay, yeah, like there are different, like, that's something I feel like I knew, but like, there are different teaching styles and there are, you know, different ways to be presenting the materials for different types of learners. And I think a good way to, like a good comparison for this or something to really help this hit home too is like, because I think most people are pretty familiar with like different types of love languages, right? So there's five different love languages and that's how people receive love. And sometimes if you are trying, if someone's like a words of affirmation and you're like showering them with gifts, I'm a words of affirmation for sure too. But like you're showering them with gifts, they might not like be receiving love to the fullest capacity that they could. And I think that that's the same thing with teaching. Like if you're teaching in a different way than is like, if they're like a visual learner, and you're doing a lot of like hands-on or something like they're still going to learn probably some from that, but it's not going to be as effective as it could if you were including those visual components in your curriculum. And so exactly. that for me was like, I started, so that when I took that test and I was like, Hey, before I can really start teaching again and like, you know, do this, this curriculum, I, I need to do more research on this and learn more about this myself. Cause when I worked for a Lash franchise studio, they had me training people, which I now think like maybe not, might not have been the most legal thing in the state of Utah, but I did not know that at the time I was brand new in the industry and just doing what my boss told me to do. <laughs> but 
had been teaching and I absolutely did not like it because I had to teach their way, their curriculum, and I didn't believe in the way that they did things, their technique. And it honestly didn't believe in their products. Like it was so difficult and it did like just being forced in that capacity didn't make me love it. So being able to do it in my own way later on really made a huge difference for me. But oh, yeah, it's everything. Yeah. yeah. That, you know, being able to teach in the way that people learn best is such a huge part that I totally agree is very overlooked um, yeah. as educators for sure. So did you run into any struggles as you got your education program started? Uh-huh. that's why I created this new program. Yes. Um, because there is so much more than just putting a manual together. And at the time I didn't know that. So I put my manual together and I mean, I will say it was like an 80 page manual, which at the time seemed really good. And there were very few pictures in it. Mm-hmm. It was just a lot of text. It was like kind of like a textbook um, because at the time I was like, okay, so I'm just going to write all this out and they're going to read it and they'll understand it. And then we're going to do the hands-on. So I would actually just sit with them. I would only have one or two people at a time for the first couple of classes. Um, and I would just sit and they would hold their manuals and I would just talk. That's not great. <laughs> so we all then, start somewhere. <laughs> I know. Yes. Yes. And I will say like most of the girls who took my first classes are still lash artists and enjoying it. So, I mean, it wasn't terrible, but there's definitely better ways to do it. Um, right. and then understanding like how you're going to deliver it, how you're going to structure your classes nobody's doing any of this for you if you're doing it on your own. And if you haven't taken an excellent class yourself to like draw from that experience, then you're just kind of making it up as you go. Um, Like what are all the supporting documents that you need? There's, you need to figure out a training schedule for how you're going to put it all together, how you're going to actually like structure each day of the class. How many days are you going to do? Are you doing like a one day classic volume, mega volume? Please don't do that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm just going to beg, please don't do that. Um, what are your kits going to be consisting of? What is that going to yeah. cost you? Are, do you understand how to build the cost of that kit into the cost of your class? Um, how are you going to feed them while they're with you? Are you going to have it catered? Are you going to order from skip the dishes? Are you going to make food yourself and hope for the best, right? Um, Evaluation (laughs) forms. How are you then getting across to your students how they've done and how are you evaluating them based on what you've seen from them in class? Because that's really important. If they're not getting feedback from you and they're just kind of flapping in the breeze, then they don't know what they need to fix and what they don't need to fix. So sending them home with some kind of an evaluation, like at the end is really, really effective tool to help them grow and be better, like really quickly. Um, Contracts. You have to come up with contracts. I didn't know that at the beginning. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was like, sure. Give me your money. I'll teach you. 
that that's not awesome. Um, <laughs> so like you have to go to a lawyer and you have to get contracts made up. Um, if you're going to be a more effective educator, you need more than a manual. You need presentation slides. How are you going to deliver those? Are you going to do it in person or are you going to do it online? If you're going to do it online, you have to have an online platform. Do you know how to do that? Right. Um, you have to put together quizzes and exams for them, or you should put together like a quiz or an exam for them for the practical theory part of it. Um, you have to put together and film detailed videos, like so much of this stuff. I just didn't understand. I didn't know how to do it all. It's, uh, it's been interesting registrate like, so keeping all of your registration information, like organized and together, who are your students? What is their contact info? You know, all of their, um, if you're having them send in case studies, if you're not spending enough time in person with them for them to effectively pass your class, are you then having them send in case studies and having to review them? How are you doing that? All the different things. Um, yeah. Having all the processes for all the things. <laughs> yeah. That's all the things that I struggled with. Honestly, it was, yeah, I had to kind of, I didn't realize how much work was involved in putting it all together. I thought it was just write down everything, you know, and then show them how to do it. Right. Yeah. Yep. And it, and with that, I think it's a lot of just starting where you're at and it can, can continue to get better and you, okay. So this didn't work out so well with this training. So I'm going to change it and do it this, try this other way this next time. That's been a lot of my experience with it too, is just like, okay, I didn't love how this format of it went or the structure of the class went. So I'm going to tweak this and update it and like kind of change it to fit, not just like how they're, you know, how they're going to learn best, of course, is something, but also how you can present the materials the best too. Because one thing that I struggled with that was unexpected for me was just the, absolute just energy dump that it is especially if you are spending all day long talking and presenting and you know teaching and then at the end of the day like I just was like so drained that I was like I I did not know it was going to be like that and I was like I need to maybe change a little this a little bit of this and restructure this a bit to be where I can still give my students my all without feeling like just absolutely dead battery by the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. And especially as a mom, like when I started doing this, I didn't have kids mm-hmm. yet. So it was a very different situation that, than after yeah. like going on. Moving and then forward. you got to come go home to your kids and take care of your kids. And, and yeah, that, that's a lot. So that was my big struggle for sure. When I first started myself. Yeah. Um, and so if you could go back and do anything differently um, from when you first got started educating, what would it be? I'm sure there might be multiple of these, but if you could pick like even just one or two of them. Finding an educator comprehension program because it. they're available now. I was going to say, I love that they're available now. Like that was the right? thing I was going to say, like, those are a thing now. Yep, they are. And that honestly, because, so I started teaching January of 2016 in December of 2017 was when I found out about the NALA educator at at the time it was called the educator certification course. And the second I heard about it, I was like, done, sign me up. Where am I going? And it was like three weeks away. Um, and I was like, yes, 
said to my husband, I got to go. <laughs> You're so cool for, for anyone, a couple days. <laughs> yeah. For anyone who doesn't know what NALA is, can you just give like a little brief explanation of the, that organization? Yeah. So it's National Association of Lash Artists. And I believe they're in like 28 countries now, um, or they have members in 28 countries. And it's just an association that tries to level up the standards in the industry. So if you're a NALA membership or if you're a NALA member, um, there are certain requirements that you need to meet in order to continue your membership. And that just shows other people who are kind of looking for either a lash artist or an educator that you are going to get really high, a really high standard of either application or education. They say their like tagline is that it's like having a Michelin star in the lash industry. I love that. Yeah. Took um, that course. And at the time I had been teaching for pretty much two years. Um, and I only took like three months off with my son. So in Canada, we actually get either one year or 18 months maternity leave. It's different so if you're self-employed. I know. Hey, I know you guys. Gee, yeah. Uh, we often talk about our neighbors to the South, um, when it comes to maternity <laughs> leave and all kinds of like female stuff. And it's just, uh, yeah, yeah. That needs to be better because those first, I can't imagine having to leave at six weeks and go back to a full-time job and like leave this precious little person who can barely hold their head up. So hard. Oh, you know, yeah. Yeah. I'm so thankful. I only had to do that with my first and nice. I got 12 weeks off, but none of it was paid. Yeah. And that's the 12 crazy. weeks was so FMLA leave family. I don't know. I can't understand word. Basically you get 12 weeks off unpaid, but that you'll be able to have come back to your job at the end of that 12 weeks. So, yeah. And so ours is like a base pay. Um, I mean, I guess it's a little bit socialist, but we're definitely not socialist, <laughs> but it is, it, it is a social program that is available for pretty much anyone who puts into the system can take out of it. Um, it is a little different for self-employed people. Um, but even my husband, like after my son was born, my husband got eight weeks of paid leave. That's incredible. Just his boss was like, Hey, you need this time. He works in tech, so they have pretty good. I love that. And tech. here's me thinking that when my husband got one week paid off, that we were so lucky and oh, this is so amazing. That is amazing. <laughs> any any time. Yes, off it, it definitely is, is, but just but, it's like painful in comparison to what other countries get for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I had been teaching for practically two years, like one month shy of two years at this point. And I had some stuff dialed. Like I really felt like I had after every single class that I did up until this point, I'm still after I would evaluate how it went, what the structure, how it flowed, um, things I could do better. I asked my students, Hey, I want your constructive criticism. I want you to tell me what I can do better. Don't just blow smoke up my butt and tell me I'm doing great. Cause I can't learn from that. I mean, I like right. to hear it. <laughs> I love words of affirmation. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a hug and tell me I am pretty. Yeah. <laughs> you are mine. <laughs> We're the same. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, physical touch and words of affirmation. I am all about it. Um, so 
I went to this course and how much I learned from those two days, I was blown away. I came home and pretty much started from scratch. I mean, I obviously added in the, like I kept all of my information, but it was, I think I added 70 pages within the next couple of months. Cause I mean, I had a baby. Um, so I didn't have a lot of time, but, uh, I added so much information to my course in that after taking the educator comprehension course, because I just didn't understand how much should have gone into it. I, I took away so much from that. And so, yeah, that was a really long way of explaining that. The one thing I would probably do better is if I was starting out today, now I would learn from people who are already doing it effectively. Right. Yes. 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 Effectively. That is a very important aspect. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And so what is, well, I guess we've kind of already talked about this a bit, but you know, what is one thing that most educators miss or leave out of their trainings that you think is really necessary for student success? Can I do three? Sure. <laughs> um, a lot of health and safety stuff. Yes. Uh, like disinfection, decontamination, a, a lot of that stuff. I feel like it could be better in a lot of classes. Um, even uh, like post cleanse or getting the lashes, understanding adhesive. Okay. I'm going to say health and safety and then adhesive knowledge. Yes. I feel like there needs to be just a baseline. Maybe I'll put it together. Maybe I'll put out a free adhesive comprehension adhesive one oh one. I don't know. Be just like an adhesive add on. Like here's the all the adhesive knowledge you need to put in your training. <laughs> yes. Yes. And take it and give it to people because I want that yeah. people should understand. We have so few tools that we are using on a daily basis. You have to understand, and it is a serious chemical. We have to understand how to use it, how to manipulate it for our environment, and how to protect ourselves from it, which I think yes. is so important. Um, and then how to start a business. Yeah. Because if you are taking a class with the intention of being your own boss, starting your own business, well, how do you do that? It's not likely that you went to business school before you decided to become a lash artist. I know that there's some people out there that have, but I I think that's a very small number. Yeah. I've started in business school and basically dropped out to go to I want to say dropped out I intended on finishing once I moved to Utah to go to aesthetic school but I never I loved aesthetic so much that I just stuck with it and never went back but yeah 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 there's probably not a lot of people that have done that right I know and like the college course that I took at the time I was still working in restaurants and the only thing I could imagine ever doing was working in restaurants or maybe owning one one day I always had that in the back of my mind I'm gonna own my own business and I'm gonna nail it um and so the class that I took or like the program that I took was for hospitality management. So it was essentially a type of a business class. I actually still use a lot of the information that I learned in that program, especially for accounting stuff. Um, and like just the principles of a lot of business stuff, uh, costing (laughs) of things, cost of goods sold, it's very important to understand. Um, 
so yeah, I would say like learning the steps, the basic steps on how to start and run a business and no, it shouldn't probably be equivalent to a college business course because you're paying for a lash program, but there should be a component to it that guides you through the steps to start your own business and what you need to do in order to do that. Yes, I agree. And especially if it's a course that is more catered towards beginners yeah. um, or, you know, starting out like beginner lash courses, beginner volume courses, for sure. Cause those like, after they leave your course, they're going to want to start their own business or maybe go work for something like they're going to be out in the industry now. So yeah. how can you help set them up for success with that? I, I would love to see more training moving forward, including those aspects of it a hundred percent. Oh yeah. And I should have added that you're right. So if you're taking like a mega volume class or yeah, face studies with Trina, that's my yes. next one. I want to take that I want, so bad. So I don't even lash anymore. And it's still on my to-do oh, list, my bucket list yes. of courses. Yeah. I got yep. to meet her last year at LashCon and like talk to her so for a fun. couple minutes. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, this is like meeting a celebrity. It really, yeah. <laughs> she's amazing. I met her at Lash Bash in Utah last year. She was super fun. Um, yes. Yeah, I love her. I love her energy. Oh. Yes. And, you know, with that, I think, um, well, kind of circling back to what we were talking about with, you know, beginner course and things is with your curriculum, kind of deciding who you want, like what you want to teach too, right? So do I want to teach beginners to beginners? So I want to teach beginner classic, beginner volume, or is it more advanced techniques? And how do I cater that curriculum to the level of I'm trying to how do I explain this the best like the journey the point in the journey that that student is in because 100%, if it's a your client avatar class, yeah if it's a more advanced class they're going to already know all the base level things so then you want your curriculum to cater to where they're at in their journey yeah. so yeah with that so I would love to see more of the beginner courses include that be that business stuff and even some of the more advanced courses I think could include more advanced business things or different skills that maybe you wouldn't learn in just a basic, um, like here's how to start your business class. Yeah. I would say I would love to see all even like supplementary courses, like a mega volume or a styling course or something. I would love to see adhesive knowledge. Yes. Proper disinfection. And like, just even just a little bit of business, it doesn't have to be like a huge thing, but yeah. I mean, and if you are taking a supplementary course, you probably already know how to run a business because you're likely doing it, but right. I would love to see like the adhesive knowledge and, and yeah, just like, well, even how here's how to market sanitary. this, if it's yes. a mega volume course, here's how to market this to clients. Here's how to build your clientele with these kinds of clients. Or like I saw, um, lash ritual, they do a lot of colored lashes. She was talking about on Instagram this week, how do you get clients who want to do colored lashes and I think that that's probably I I've never taken I don't know if they do education or if they do courses but I would assume that could be part of like a, a course with them because you know how do you okay how do you market this to clients now and then that could yeah. be a business aspect moving forward that'd that. be a I great master class yeah 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 that'd be sure. a really good master class I would take that yeah I love it I mean and I think that that would only continue to up the standard for not just the courses that are being taught, but just the industry as a whole too, oh. and the business skills and things. Yes. That's the goal. 
Yeah. Just rise up. So if there anyone listening or, you know, solo lash artists, they want to become an, I mean, even not just lash artists, but if they wanted to become an educator, um, how would you recommend getting started? And you do have a retreat coming up. Is it, I believe it's in September. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So you have a retreat coming up about, you know, becoming an educator. So can you share a little bit about that with us as well? And kind of tell us about that. Absolutely. Um, so I, my newest business venture, because I don't have enough going on as it is. No, (laughs) I think I've always kind of been working toward this without actually knowing that I was working toward it. I thought that in the lash industry, you start as a lash artist and then you can become an educator and then you should probably just open a salon because those are like the, that's the trajectory. Those are the steps that you take. (laughs) And I really struggled with that because as much as I, I was trying to convince myself that I had to have a lash studio in order to mentor people and help build better lash artists in general. Um, And you don't. And I finally figured that out. So with the help of one of my students, she actually approached me uh, over a year now um, and asked if I would consider letting her teach my program. Like, so she would become an educator. And if I would somehow, some way allow her to teach my program because she got so much out of it. She loves it. She has an incredible lash artist now. And she just started her own salon, which is so beautiful. Um, and she's ready to become an educator. And I thought, Oh, I really like her. Yeah. Yes. Like I don't need to hoard my information. Like I want as many people to have as much good information as possible. And I am really proud of my program. I have put so much years, so many years into this and so much time and effort and blood and sweat and tears into this because I really do take it seriously. It's, I am up at night (laughs) thinking (laughs) about it. Right. And so, and just making sure that I can be the best that I can be for my students and for my clients. And so that's how my new program came about. So my manual has always been called principles of lash artistry, because when I first started out, I was like, okay, well, what, what am I going to call this thing? I don't know, but it was always just glow lashes. Like that's my business name is glow lashes and training Academy. But my manual was always called principles of lash artistry. And my husband said, that's a great name for a program because it's a little bit more generic and it could be it. That's you're describing what it is. And I'm like, okay. So that's how Pola was born. (laughs) Amazing. So my new program is called Pola Principles of Lash Artistry. And it is an educator comprehensive, educator comprehension course, along with a fully done for you lash education program. So you, it's a licensing thing. So you would become a licensee and you get to license everything that I use in my own education program. So you get the manual, the presentation slides, all of the supporting documents, like your quizzes, your student evaluation forms, your contracts, your intake, your consult. Um, what else? All of it. All of it. 
educator assessment forms, because you should also be asking your students how you can improve and what they would have liked to see done better in class for them. Um, I always find out what kind of learner my students are as well. Um, And that typically can help me a little bit with getting it across to them. Right. Um, And it all comes with an online classroom. So you don't have to struggle with anything. If you want to become an educator, but you are just stressed out by the thought of putting it all together, then you can license it and have it all done for you. I love it. And that's all going to be a part of the retreat, right? Yeah. So then I am hosting it retreat style. So um, I also will be at the uh, request of some people. Now I am going to try to figure out how to do a non-retreat style. So like, how would you describe it? Like a distance learning type thing, like a group online group coaching kind of type of thing. Yeah. So it would be over the course of like three days essentially, and Mm -hmm. you can log in And we can do it online. So if you can't travel to Vernon or wherever I'm going to hold the retreats, I would like to kind of travel around and do it. That would be really cool. I also, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, I need to figure out like legal stuff for it, especially if I'm going to come into the States. I want to make sure that I understand like the legalities of each state and what you need to be an educator because- Like I can't say, oh yeah, sure. You can license it. And then I take their money and then they find out that they can't actually use it or do it. That would be, you have to take another test or yeah. Yeah. So it's different everywhere. It's so different everywhere. So right now it's in Canada. Um, but my plan is to do it all over everywhere worldwide. (laughs) That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I love the, just the concept behind it too. I think it's so much different than any other type of like that kind of education. Like I've never seen anyone do it retreat style. So I think that that makes it so unique and oh, the venue you're so doing fun. it at looks absolutely breathtakingly beautiful. When you're posting those stories about that. it, I was like, that looks amazing right? I need that in my life. <laughs> it's just across the lake for me. Um, so I can see like the top of it. And at night we can like see the lights. Oh my gosh. That's it's, so cool. Right. Um, so it's called Sparkling Hill and it's in Vernon, BC here. And it is owned by the Swarovski family. Cool. So the entire spa is an hotel is covered in Swarovski crystals everywhere in your room, wow. on the stairs, in every chandelier, in every ceiling, like it's just breathtaking. There's beautiful pools and there's, um, a sauna, not a sauna. There are many saunas. <laughs> um, so there's different steam rooms and saunas that you can use. There's a hot, cold, uh, little plungy thingy. Mm-hmm. There's a minus one ten Celsius, like cold experience that you can do. I think it's like a three minute thing. I've never had that. I've never had the nerve to do it, but cold plunging. It's like really good for you. It's not water though. It's like you're in like a frozen room. Oh. And you have to just walk around this room. I've only ever seen cold plunging, but that I'm gonna have to look into that. That's cool. Yeah, I can get down with a cold plunge. But that room, I don't know. It's so cold. I mean, I already have trouble walking into the freezers at Costco, so. Right? (laughs) I don't know. I'm like, get me out of here ASAP. 
The nice thing about doing a cold plunge though, is I found, cause I was always so terrified, so terrified but when you do it and you're finished, it's like, wait a second. Okay. I didn't die. And I actually feel really good now. Yeah. Yeah. Getting over that. that and like knowing that your body can handle it and that you are in control of your breath. And yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Side it note. feels good at the end of that. I feel like that's almost like birth too. Like you go through all this stuff and all the pain and then you're at the end, you're like, I freaking did that. And then you're, I yeah, am a superhero. Really cool yeah. It's a really cool feeling. Really cool. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. So, so, um, <laughs> so the retreat, uh, it's over the course of three days over a weekend and we cover everything about how to become an educator effectively. So you do get, um, you become a certified educator with Nala. Oh, and the best part of the program is that it's all Nala accredited. So if you license cool. it, then you automatically become, if you meet the requirements, right. um, you automatically become a Nala accredited Academy. That's amazing. Yeah. Which is a hard process. Oh my gosh. It took me so long. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I was just so nervous to like submit it and I had already been teaching it. So I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. They're going to tell me that I'm like not good enough and I'm going to feel like I'm not supposed to be doing this. And then <laughs> when I finally submit it, I had to add one paragraph. I almost was the first person to pass it on the first try. Hey, but one paragraph isn't a lot. So kudos. To I you, know girl. it's because I'm so hard on myself, probably. Yeah. Well, good job. I'm proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, your retreat sounds incredible. I'm super excited for you. And I can't wait to see all the pictures and how it goes. Thank and, you. Such. Uh, and I'll keep hosting them. My goal is to host yeah. about four per year. Wow. That's going to be super fun. Yeah. <laughs> so a little bit of you know, shifting gears here because you're also a mom. Yes, uh, I am. We love to talk about mom life on Lash Was Babes here. So I would love to hear a little bit because I get asked, um, I it was even asked this recently, you know, what the difference between my business when I was a mom doing lash services and beauty services versus when I was a mom doing education. So I wondered if you could share a little bit of your experience on that and if there has been any differences for you um, with your capacity of being a mom. Yeah. So I am still a lash artist as well, a working lash artist. Um, and then I, this year, because I've been working on Pola so much, I scaled back my classes a little bit. So I used to actually offer a class every three weeks because I found when I was transitioning from becoming a lash artist to an educator, I, I had that very like stunted mindset of if I get rid of clients, what if, what's going to happen? So well, I was trying, yeah. right. It's scary. It's scary. It can be scary. And so I thought, and I had these amazing clients mm -hmm. and I was busy. Like I was working too much. I was taking too many clients. Yeah. Uh, I have better boundaries now. And I had to implement boundaries when I became a mom. I should have implemented them sooner, but I didn't. And that's fine. I learned. That's okay. And now I've implemented them more. <laughs> um, Good for you. Good job. It was, thank you. Uh, it was hard to make that transition because if you think, okay, well, I'll get rid of some clients, but then what if I don't book a class? So I was trying to fit in classes in an already fully booked schedule. 
So it was taking me away from my family on the weekends. And that was acceptable. I'll say when it was just my husband and I, because we're both entrepreneurs and we both, uh, value working. We did value as working as hard as you can and then taking a big long break. And so we would like work, 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 work. And then we'd go travel for a month and then work, 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 work. Right. So, Mm -hmm. um, I had to transition into being comfortable where my classes started to be consistent all the time. I put a class up and it would fill up, put a class up and I would get students. And so I was like, okay, I have to refigure this out. So maybe four years ago, I transitioned from having a class week every third week and then having clients the other two weeks in a three-week cycle. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So now, oh, it's so much better, especially with my kids because I know what to expect. They know what to expect. And I love the fact that they see me working and loving it. They know how much I love my job and I will say stuff to them. Like I love being with you and they are, my, my son is in school. My daughter's in preschool. Mm-hmm. Um, my son's going into grade two and my daughter's four. So she has another year before she starts school, but I'll say things to them like today, for instance, right. They're at the beach with my husband and they're like, Oh mommy, why can't you come? And I said, Oh, you know what? <gasps> Mama gets to record a podcast. I'm so excited. And isn't it so exciting that I get to do this? And they're like, yeah, yeah. like they <laughs> love, they can see how much it lights me up and that yeah. how much it makes me a better mom when I get to do something that I really love when I am away from them. And so they understand, like my daughter understands I work four days a week. So I work Monday through Thursday every week, but then every third week I either have a class or a week blocked off to work on my business instead of in my business. Um, so, and I still only take clients on those two weeks. I never let it bleed into my week that I have blocked off if I need it to boundaries. (laughs) I'm sure that's easier said than done sometimes. (laughs) Oh yeah. It's definitely takes, cause I am someone who's like, Oh yeah, of course I want to get you in. Yeah. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Wait. Nope. Yeah. Sorry. I'd love to refer you to A, B or C, you know? Um, and just understanding that it's okay that you can't get everyone in because why would you want to get everyone in? Right. Why would you want to burn yourself out? and not enjoy it anymore. Right. Well, and I think that kind of comes with the mindset of you've been trading time for money for so long. Yep. That if you think if you are cutting back on clients and not taking them anymore, that you're not going to make money. And then it kind of, at least for me, it was like this, almost this scarcity mindset of like, I'm so scared to cut back on clients and really fully dedicate myself to this. Cause that's my consistency for right now. That's what's safe. That's what I know. And it's just something new. But yeah, I think we just get scared. If I don't take clients, I'm not going to make money. Yep. And in reality, it's you're still going to make money. It's just going to be in a different way. And it's going to be something that's more flexible for you as a mom too. Mm-hmm. And I think that the way that you've structured it with the two weeks of clients and then the third week you do the classes, that's a really cool way 
because I, one of my really good last friends too, she's kind of struggling with that. Like, where do I even put these classes in my schedule without taking up my mom time? So now I'm going to get off this and go call her and be like, yo, here's this cool idea. Do it. Here's this cool idea. But yeah, just, and I think that's a great example of you structuring your business to support the kind of life that you want to live, to be the kind of mom that you want to be. And just really, you know, not have your business run you, your business helps you live life how you want to and be flexible with your schedule as a mom. So I think that's, that's incredible. Amazing. Yeah, job. exactly. <laughs> I can, I can block out time to go to my kids school functions mm-hmm. or um, appointments. Like I can be there and present for all of it while still getting to enjoy my business and my clients and my students and the whole that's journey amazing. of life. <laughs> I love it so much. So yeah. Um, as we wrap up here, one question I'm asking all my guests lately is, I know, books, I know what you're going to ask me. What books are you reading right now? Cause <laughs> I've been on a really big book kick the last like two years and I selfishly want to pick everyone's brain on what they're reading to add to my list. So anything that you've been reading or anything that you have loved, like a book that you've loved, that's been really beneficial or life-changing for you. Yeah. So I have not made reading a priority in my life since becoming a mom. Quite honestly, I used to to read audiobooks. So I listen to a ton of podcasts. Um, and actually most of my clients have transitioned into wanting to listen to podcasts. I love that. I know. So, and it also cuts down on some chatter, which can you know, make eyes flutter and things like that. Uh, So it's great. It's a win-win all around. I can learn something. I really like kind of self-help-y podcasts-ish. Yeah, me too. Um, Love Mel Robbins. She is golden. Um, I really like some Lash podcasts, like the Lash Business Lounge. Mm -hmm. Um, It's uh, Lauren Lappin. She's in Australia. Um, Beauty and the Business is um, Kimberly Haworth. I always want to say Hayworth and it's Haworth, I think. Um, she's actually my business coach as well. Oh, I love it. Um, and she's just started a podcast and it's been good. There's only a couple episodes so far. Um, also, Jesse and Kara from Lashline, um, Jesse mm-hmm. Love and Kara Kepler, if you know who they are from Lashline in Edmonton, yes. they just started a podcast and it's twofold uncensored. Oh my gosh. I listened okay. to the first two episodes and I was like, dudes, I messaged each of them. Keep it coming. That was like, I'm covered in goosebumps. It's not super business, but they're two entrepreneurs right? who are also talking about like personal stuff, kind of relating to business and how it affects your business. But like, if you think yeah. about it, what my business coach always says, you have to work on the person because the person is running the business. If you're not working so on true. the person running the business, then your business is going to fail. Yeah. And it's so true. Yeah. Um, armchair expert is like my guilty pleasure. I love it so much. If you know that one, I have not listened to that one. I'm a total armchair. Looking up some of these ones that you're saying, because that sounds incredible. <laughs> yeah. And Lashcast. I was listening to Lashcast. Yes. That's it. I love LashCon, so yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. We get to meet in person at LashCon this year. (laughs) Right? I am so pumped. I can't wait. I'm going to meet so many just Instagram friends, and I can't wait. So with that, I'm just going to put in a little plug for our LashWiz Babes meetup on that Saturday morning at LashCon. I think it's the 14th 
I don't know, yeah. whatever Saturday is, um, we're going to do brunch. So if you guys have not already RSVP'd and you're going to be there, I'm going to put the RSVP link in the show notes so you can, um, I just need to get a head count, but yeah. That's I need to RSVP. <laughs> I actually have you on my list already. Oh, uh, good. If, okay. I'll be there. Anyone who's told me that they're interested, I've added you to my list already. So you're good. <laughs> Love it. So any last words of advice or guidance that you want to share, um, if you are a lash artist and you get a kind of a not a kick like if you are really excited about how do I want to say this like adding to the lash industry building the lash industry and helping new artists who are coming in then you're the kind of person that should be an educator. If you value the health of the natural lash, do that more. We need so many people like that. Um, and reach out to people that you admire and ask them if they would coach you and don't expect anything for free, but obviously people are willing to help. Um, but find a coach that you really resonate with or find lash artists to follow or lash educators to follow who you really resonate with and just keep learning. Always, always, always learn. That's how I finish my lash program is to just encourage, like I'm only one person. I only know what I know. I don't know what Sally knows, or I don't know what whoever else Susie knows, right? You have to keep learning and everyone is going to give you information in their way. And that might actually sink in a little bit better than when I said the same thing, right? So just always learn, always grow and don't ever feel like, you know, everything because then you'll never learn again. Yep. Yep. I, I love that you were saying, you know, it might sink in differently, even though you've heard it before. Mm-hmm. I think every educator, every mentor, every person in our industry brings something different to the table. Even if it's similar things that you're learning or similar things that you're teaching, you might think, oh, someone else is already teaching that. Why should I, you know, I'm not, you know, they're already doing it. But at the end of the day, we all have different backgrounds. We all have different experiences. We all have different perspectives. And you are bringing something different to the table with that. You present it differently. You'll have different energy behind it. You'll have different experiences to share along with it. And you're going to have students and, uh, you know, clients even who just resonate with that differently. Yeah. And it's going to hit home in a different way. You're going to be able to relate to people in different ways. And because of that, you always bring something unique to the table and there's room for all of us here. So I was so, just going to say, we are all so unique. Yes. Yeah. yeah, we are very much so. Yeah. This was so fun. Thank All right. Going on. <laughs> Thank you for having me. This is so exciting. I just yes. love it so much. I and I can't wait to meet you in person. Oh, I know. Me too. It's going to be so much fun. I get to meet so many Instagram friends. And, yeah. yeah. I'm excited for your retreat. I can't wait to see how that goes. So um, where can they find you online to connect with you? Oh yeah. So my Instagram is Liz Bussey underscore lash coach. Um, my last name is B U S S E Y. And my website is glowlashes.ca. And I'm going to put her links in the show notes so that you can get um, more information about her retreat. You can follow her on Instagram. She posts all kinds of 
tips and tricks and guidance on there as well. Um, but yeah, thanks for coming on. Thanks for being here. Thank you. I really appreciate it. 